Welcome back to the Homeschool Advantage Podcast. I'm your host, Bex Buzzy. Today's guest is Marissa Donnelly. She is the founder of Donnelly's Daily Apple, a tutoring and flexible learning company, website, educational resource platform, and collaborative network for teachers, students, and home programs. She is also the founder and CEO of Be A Light Collective, a virtual and San Diego-based writing, editing, and content creation services business with an emphasis on individualized relationship-focused coaching. She created these platforms because she is fiercely dedicated to building learning experiences and programs that are student-centered and continually growing to meet the needs of the ever-changing educational climate, especially for those who are learning in the traditional settings. In 2020, in the heart of a global crisis, she launched a full-time 5th and 6th grade homeschool program to support her son and other students in the San Diego area. This inspired Marissa to build Flexible Learning Opportunities, a small group homeschool cohort, and tutoring options in order to provide a comprehensive and effective education, both in-person and virtual, for every learner. In this episode, we talk about how she aims to provide a comprehensive and effective education to support her son and other students. Also, how she created a flexible program for children with different learning styles. And lastly, how homeschooling, it just doesn't have to be scary. And individualized education is possible and honestly, a byproduct of homeschooling. So go grab your coffee, go grab your tea and a pen and paper because you're not going to want to miss what Marissa has to say. Let's get into the podcast. Say hello to our guests and tell us, what is a fun fact about your industry that will really surprise our listeners? Hi, well, first, thank you so much for having me. My name is Marissa Donnelly. I am the founder of Donnelly's Daily Apple, which is an education services business. And fun fact about me is that I actually started a homeschool in the heart of COVID. I have a stepson who at the time was in fifth grade. And when school shut down, we were just floundering. It was so difficult to figure out how to catch him up, how to figure out what was going on. And, you know, the world in general was crazy at that time. But The seed of homeschooling was planted during that craziness, and I realized just how important it is to to individualize education. My stepson has dyslexia, and the biggest struggle that we had when everything shut down was everything was online, and everything was fast-paced, and every time he did connect with his class, it was fast-paced reading games, and I'm like, this is just not going to work. So long story short, I decided I would homeschool him, and then I had a couple of friends and just local communities, or local community members, families that were like, hey, would you mind homeschooling my kid too? And before I knew it, I had eight middle schoolers in my house in the heart of the pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) It was crazy, but it was super rewarding. It was an incredible experience for me. I'm I'm a teacher and at the time of COVID, I was doing some tutoring here and there, but it really wasn't my huge focus. Um, and then I just had a, a complete career pivot and uh, it threw me into this world of homeschool- homeschooling, not only for my son, but now I actually have a group of kinder through second graders, soon to be kinder through third graders that I work with. And it just kind of really lit this passion on fire for individualizing education and just really helping kids figure out how they learn best and how we can change education to be more purposeful in that way. 
I agree with you. Education needs to needs like an overhaul. It just needs to completely change because there's just so many different ways of learning and styles of learning. And now that as we look at the last 50 years, you know, like just restrictions on kids are actually so very different now. Like there's barely any restrictions on kids. So it's like they're, they're a little bit more free. They're actually not, they're a lot more freer than, than they used to be. So they have different questions. They have different desires. They have, you know, different thoughts and they're able to vocalize and verbalize those things. So it's really a, a, a way different, like educational, like environment that we're living in. And it's, it doesn't match anymore. Like schooling of a hundred years ago, it just doesn't, it mm-hmm. doesn't fit what's happening right now. And I agree with you. Like a lot of times schools are like, Oh, we have an individualized education plan but it's impossible like it all they really do is just like change their seat don't give them as many questions you know like just rephrase the question for them so that they can understand it I'm like that's not individualized learning that's modifications <laughs> like you know what I mean like sure. it's, it's not mm-hmm. an individualized learning plan individualized learning plan is when the that child is able to literally learn the way they can only and what and it's not just techniques it's it's really for me here's my best way of explaining it like it it wouldn't have mattered how many techniques people would have used for me to learn history when I was growing up I never would have learned history the way they were teaching it didn't matter how many techniques it never would have helped I learned I learned history when I went to college and I learned it through art, like literally learned all my history in art history. And I didn't learn it traditionally. I learned it through like, oh, they did this kind of painting during this time. And mm-hmm. that is the person that was in, you know, this was the president or this was the, this was the king, or this was the economy at the time. So that's really individualized. So I love what you're doing, that you're being so intentional. And I think it's really cool because you named, you actually said that the focus of your work is intuitive design. And it's pretty obvious that you were in tune with your stepson's needs and you were able to like pivot and do all the things that were necessary to support his education. And I love the fact that like organically parents were noticing that and they're like, Hey, can you homeschool my kid? So that's kind of a great serendipity, right? Like you didn't Mm -hmm. even realize you were going to have a business. Yeah, I totally did it. When I started, it was really just to, to help him. And I think my biggest concern, not only being a teacher, but just a parent was exactly what you were saying. Like there's no amount of, in my opinion, no amount of accommodation or modification that works when it's not, it's not when the child's not able to engage in a certain way and there was so much of where he was at at that certain time in his life where it was like you know we'll just have this read to him and we'll just do x y and z and you know well-meaning things but the underlying issue was like well i want him to learn to read i want him to learn to be able to do these things and it's just not going to happen when we're on a screen and you're having a speed reading game where he has to be the quickest to read i mean it was just impossible so it just really, <laughs> really made me think about like what does education look like for him and i just wanted something that was as much of a normal experience during a pandemic as i could you know that in-person learning but being able to slow down where necessary and change things where necessary and movement and you know working with the different learning systems and yeah it really unfolded to other parents being like oh 
this is what we're looking for. And, you know, as I got into it, I mean, like you said, I didn't, my goal was not to start a business, but when it kind of unfolded that way, it just kept, it made me realize I could keep shifting for each child and, you know, oh, this one learns visually. So let me incorporate this. Oh, this kid needs to move a lot. Let me do this. Oh, you know, this one is struggling with this. Let's slow this down and, you know, put him with her and in this small group. So, yeah, it was a very wonderful unfolding. And it's honestly, I think, made my view of education change so much. And that's where the intuitive design kind of concept came in, because as I recreated from a middle school to my kinder through third micro school that I have right now, it just became like, as I, you know, meet these new students and, and their families, just learning what works and kind of pivoting and recreating. It, honestly, every year I've now done this, this will be my third year with this smaller, younger group. And yeah, it's just, it feels like a continual pivot. And as a teacher, that's really wonderful to be able to change and not be stagnant. Yeah. So you were, you, were you a public school teacher or like a private school teacher? I wasn't a public school teacher. I, I got my teaching license and certification. I was in the public school for my student teaching. And then I just kind of went everywhere. I was in a, a bunch of different schools. I was at a, a private school. I was at a school that specializes in education or special education, sorry. And then I did tutoring on the side. And honestly, then I kind of pivoted and I was focused more in the, the writing world and coaching writers and writing for different magazines. And when COVID happened, then I was like, whoop, it's the homeschool world. So yeah, it's been a really interesting pivot and a really wonderful realization that I, I love to teach and I yeah. love to create how to teach every day and how to do it better every day. Yeah. And you have so much like experience with all of your different areas that you 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 were working in. So how does how is that translating into your school now? So when I when I graduated from college, I really teaching was a passion of mine, but I was really interested in writing. I wanted to write books. I wanted to get you know different articles of mine published. So I did that for a little bit and then I went into the coaching of writers. And now I think it's really interesting how those two areas of my life have merged. I love to write and I love to create content and run social media pages and do that for myself and clients. And that's actually had a really fun merge as I built my micro school and my education services because I'm able to create the content for those. I'm able to really teach my students their own voice and how to write and the importance of that, which is coaching and teaching are so similar just in general. But there's been a really fun blend. And honestly, for the longest time I really struggled because I have so many different passion areas. In fact, I like coined on my personal website that I'm this multi-passionate person because I could never fit or pick one lane. But the beautiful thing about what I'm doing right now is I don't have to. I teach, I coach, I uh, coach my students in their writing. I run social media pages and I do a lot of the content for my own business to share what I'm passionate about and help bring other students in. So there's just a lot of blending and it's really, it's also just helped, I think, keep me passionate about it because I'm always doing something new every day, even though I'm working with, you know, some of the same students, it's, you know, every day feels like a new adventure and a new opportunity to create something that works better for, you know, that particular student or that particular day, et cetera. Yeah. You have a really cool Instagram page. I love the way you have everything set up and everything. Yeah. You, you, you kind of do what I do. Like only thing is you use pictures of yourself. <laughs> I don't, I just use my, <laughs> I use my uh, my podcast, but you do the every other. I remember trying to figure out how to even do that. I was like, how am I going to do every other? Oh my God, it's going to be so difficult. You know, all like the uh, the the scheduling and, and it works. And, and yeah, but you have like really, you have really nice, just a very clean 
and really, really pretty. With that, so your focus, do you focus in on writing? Like, is that like the area that you're able to, I guess, enhance almost like a, an enhancement for, for like their education? Yes and no. Over COVID, while running this homeschool, I actually went back to school to get my master's in reading education. I felt that, you know, having a, a son with dyslexia, I really wanted to learn more about how I could help him and other students that struggled. So I would say like English and reading are definitely my focus areas, but being able to teach the younger students now, I get to actually do all of the subject areas. But I think the the coaching and the writing has definitely created more of an importance for me now, especially working with this younger age group. When I ran my school the first year and it was a middle school, I was really trying to help those students find their voice, really level up in their reading and their writing just so they could be more prepared. It was a five, six, uh, fifth and sixth grade. So just to prepare them for, some of them are returning back to the public school. Some like my son were just going in a different direction. So I really wanted to prepare them with writing and reading for middle school, high school, et cetera. But now with my younger students, it's the foundations for learning and life, teaching them, you know, the, the vowel sounds and that phonemic awareness and the phonics and the, those building blocks that are they're going to use in every grade level for the rest of their lives. So really trying to build that solid foundation for reading, for spelling, for writing, and using kind of some of the things that I've learned along the way, not only in getting my master's, but just in my personal writing experience, things that I've struggled with, other students that I've worked with, and kind of bringing that all together to make that, that a big focus. And then the coaching too, I, I feel like coaching is very collaborative. And so even though I'm working with really young students, I try to have that coaching model to get them invested in involved in what they're doing um, and even building that ownership and that involvement early you know I have some five-year-old students and um, wow. just trying to teach them you know the the accountability and the excitement about their learning of like look what you did let's look back you know at this worksheet and look where you struggled and look at where you are now or you know just creating opportunities for them to see their progress and be invested in their learning and also in my classroom helping students learn how to teach other students that's been a big element of how I bring coaching into the classroom and I've really seen amazing progress where students who have struggled with a certain concept master it and then they're able to teach another student and it just really creates such a, a beautiful like synchrony in the classroom if you will nice and you also have your own podcast too right I do. So if I wasn't doing enough things already that's kind of like a sidebar but I, I started that I think back in like 2017, just for fun with a friend, just wanting to create more opportunities to be vulnerable. I find so much value in that as a writer and I yeah. wanted to challenge myself to do more of that speaking wise. It's kind of gone on and off. I took a leave of absence, if you will, over COVID just because I had so much going on. Um, sure. But it's something that my goal in, in 2024 definitely but i was hoping to have a push this this summer but in 2024 to kind of get back into it and really start sharing more and getting more people to share their stories because a lot of the success of it was people being very vulnerable and sharing some very personal experiences and situations from their lives that really inspired other people so my goal would be to get back into that. <laughs> That's awesome. Wow. You're just doing so much. Like, I think it's amazing. Like, I don't even want to say like so much. It's like, it's like you're doing a lot of great things. Mm -hmm. So yeah, fantastic. So how can our listeners connect with you and, you know, get in contact with you and start maybe even potentially to get into your school or do you have an online option or is it just like only in person? 
So I'm located in uh, San Diego, California. I do offer online services. Um, right now, I don't have any students enrolled in my micro school that are online, but that is definitely a possibility. I do offer one-on-one -on -one learning online. So I have some students who are remote or who are traveling around and I connect with them online. But in the San Diego areas where I actually host the micro school and the in-person classes and one-on-one um, -on -one learning and tutoring and all of that, to connect with all of that, it's DonnellyDailyApple.com. Donnelly is spelled D-O-N-N-E-L-L-Y. And otherwise, you can find me if you just Google Marissa Donnelly. I like to say it's Marissa with one R, one S, Donnelly, two N's, two L's. But you can kind of Google me and I have my personal page, my writing, coaching, teaching. It's all intertwined in there somewhere. But wherever you find me, if you just send me a message, just let me know you know, if, if you're looking for school or tutoring or whatever, and we can kind of point you in the right direction. But I just feel really, really privileged and really blessed to be able to offer these kind of services to families. It's such a, such a wonderful thing to realize, like how much, I think I said this, but how much I love teaching and just how much value in this homeschool environment from a teacher perspective, being able to do things with more ownership and independence and the families, I feel like being able to choose your child's education and kind of craft it to your own desires and for the students knowing that, you know, ultimately, I feel like my students want to be there. They enjoy their time. You know, it's not perfect, of course, but just being in a smaller class and being able to really build friendships and have opportunities to do things that you can't in a class of 30, it just is a really cool, positive all around experience. Wow. That is so cool. I am so glad we got a chance to chat and everything. I just love hearing, I love your passion. Like, you know, it, it really comes through your heart and love for teaching. You're not like overly fast talk or anything like that, but like your passion is so apparent. You know what I mean? Like it's so clear. I can, I could just hear it oozing off of you. So <laughs> That's fantastic. So as we're wrapping it up, and also I will put all of your links in your show notes page so that people can just click and go. But as we're wrapping it up, what is one takeaway you want our listeners to get from our conversation today? I think the biggest thing that I would like parents and anyone really listening is to know that you can take things into your own hands. And when it comes to education, whether it's for yourself, your child, your, your friends, kids, you know, whatever, there are so many options. For the longest time, I was so stressed out and so worried, even as a teacher for my son and what the heck was going to happen with his schooling. I just remember there was a lot of it was just a lot of stress, honestly, about what's going to happen with his future. What is his life going to look like? Is he going to be able to learn X, Y, and Z skills? And I felt like there weren't very many options. And on top of that, you know, all the other things, the, the time, the commute, the financial aspect of trying to curate your child's education, it's, it's a lot of heaviness. And it wasn't until I was really forced to kind of take it into my own hands that I realized there's so, so much you can do. And that's the beauty, I think, of just homeschooling in general. There's so much that you can do, but I think people are very scared of homeschooling. I was, myself included, I was definitely scared, you know, even being a, a teacher who is quote, qualified, because it just feels like a, an, an unknown world sometimes, but there are so many options and ways you can take your kids' education into your own hands. You can curate things that work for you, you know, whether it's hiring a teacher, whether it's outsourcing some things, whether it's purchasing curriculum and doing it yourself. I just want people to know that it's very possible and also that you are your own best advocate and you're your own, your child's best advocate. But I've definitely learned in this experience that 
there were there are a lot of wonderful people and a lot of wonderful systems but at the end of the day you you're the best advocate so if you feel like you need to make a change empower yourself to do so i honestly feel like you won't regret it i love that oh man with that we are wrapping this up but th thank you so much marissa for coming on and just sharing your wisdom your passion your heart with all of us. It's been a pleasure having you on today. Thank you so much for having me. If you love the conversations we're having here on the Homeschool Advantage podcast, follow or subscribe our podcast to stay in the loop and never miss this amazing content. And please highly consider taking a minute to leave a positive rating and review to help others like you discover this show. See you next time.